With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed on our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Show. I'm your host, Linda Kozar, hybrid author, speaker, and podcaster. You can find my books at lindacozar.com, and I'm on social media as well. My guest today is author Carolyn Miller, and she's calling all the way from another continent, Australia to be precise, so let me introduce her to you with a quick read of her bio, and we'll get started getting to know her and getting to know about her work, and we're going to talk about her new Regency Bride series. You're really going to enjoy this podcast uh, we're also giving away um, her latest book, the first book in her new Regency Bride series. It's called A Hero for Miss Hatherley. And if you want to enter this contest, you have to leave a comment on the post I made about this radio show on my Facebook page, Linda Kozar. And uh, you can't leave an emoji to enter. An emoji just won't do. So leave a little message and your name will be entered. Carolyn Miller lives in New South Wales, Australia, with her husband and four children. A longtime lover of Regency romance, Miller's novels have won a number of Romance Writers of America and American Christian Fiction Writers contests. She's a member of the American Christian Fiction Writers and the Australasian Christian Writers. Learn more about her at carolynmillerauthor.com. Her website is fantastic. You'll love it. Um, I also read that her agent is Tamala Hancock-Murray, wonderful agent, love her so much, and she's with the wonderful Steve Lobby Agency as well. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. Do you like to be called Carolyn or Kirlin? <laughs> I'm sure people pronounce your name all sorts of ways, but... I don't mind how they say it as long as they don't say Caroline. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so that's all okay. good. <laughs> Alrighty, Carolyn. I'll, I'm safe then. I'm so glad. You are. Uh, very so, safe. <laughs> so let's talk about your latest book, um, A Hero for Miss Hatherley. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Okay, yes, good. You are. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to read the blurb, um, which, if your listeners don't know, is the intriguing paragraph at the back cover of the book. Uh, a Hero for Miss Hatherley is the first book in her new Regency Brides, Daughters of Ainsley series, uh, coming up with Kriegel Publishing. Um, and first, I have to say that I adore the cover. I'm in love with it. I just Oh, it's a pretty cover, isn't it? <laughs> yes, and the upcoming ones as well. So, uh, as Lord Ainsley's daughter, heroine Caroline Hatherley is a noble lady whose station in life has been set. Her father fully expects her to marry well, and while Carolyn loves the finer things in life, 
In her heart, she also secretly wants something more. When she visits Devonshire and meets fossil hunting scientist Gideon Kirby, she finds she may have more questions than answers about life and faith. Will Caroline and Gideon be able to overcome the difficult circumstances that surround them? Now, her name is Caroline. (laughs) (laughs) She's L-I-N-E at the end, though. Yes. She's not me. But she would have been pronounced that way. The, the British way, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, let's see. And the next books in the series are Underestimating Miss Cecilia, and, which mm-hmm. releases this summer. Which, which month? July, July 23. Okay. In July. And then Misleading Miss Verity, which is coming this fall sometime. And it's okay That's if right. you don't know in- when it's coming. I'll- it's in November. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Yep. I know sometimes I you can't remember. It's like, well, well initially they oh. told me this day. <laughs> okay. So your, your other books are available in print too, and we're going to talk about those. But these these will be available in print, ebook, and audiobook. Well, I don't know if these ones will be available in audiobook. I hope one day they will be, but definitely print and definitely um, ebook of various varieties, so that's good. Yes, and we usually take some time for that too. So we're yeah. hoping that happens. Um, okay, yeah. so tell, tell us about tell us about this book. We'd love to hear. Um, there's a lot to discover about um, about Regency, and if you're a fan, you're a fan. And some people maybe have never read Regency, so if yeah. you wouldn't mind filling us in. Sure. Well, Regency is that time period between, I guess, 1811 and 1820 when the Prince Regent was um, basically in charge um, in place of his father, who was considered to be a little bit insane. Um, So the Prince Regent later became, when his father died, became King George IV. So... um, it's quite interesting, especially for people who these days might be interested in looking at television shows like Victoria or The Crown, if ever they've watched those sorts of things. The Regency period kind of helps set up a lot of that sort of thing. So it can be really interesting. I really like this time period because there was so much that was happening. There was a lot of social and technological change. There was wars going on, wars with America, Um wars with France and Spain. Um, There's a lot of scientific exploration um, and discoveries and basically a lot of interesting things you can discover and base your stories around. So that's why I like to write this um, sort of story in set in this time period. So for people who aren't that familiar with Regency, if you think perhaps Jane Austen, um, she um, wrote in this time period, a lot of her books were published um, in that sort of time period, the early 1800s. So that kind of helps to give it a little and, bit. And many context. Gothic novels as well. They're some of yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of uh, the madness of King George um, sets that off, mm. doesn't it? A mansion with um, usually someone yeah. who's a bit insane. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in the mansion. <laughs> and people yeah, who are very yeah. prim and proper. <laughs> yes. Now, yes. is Pride and Prejudice your all-time favorite 
out Jane of all Austen? these? Or did it, yes, did it get did <gasps> Jane Austen's novels get you started or? Yeah, yeah. I basically wanted to write. Um, I love Pride and Prejudice, but I think perhaps my favourite might be Persuasion. Um, I like the the banter ah, yes. in Pride and Prejudice, but I love the heart and the angstiness, I suppose, of um, Persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted uh, to write something that. No, yeah, keep going. I wanted to write something um, that had, I guess, that sort of understanding, but also the God factor, because I think that's, you know, that's the sort of book I wanted to read. So that's why I started to write this sort of book. <laughs> yes. Um, and so when did you start, when did you write your first book or what prompted you? Oh, are you talking my very, very first book? <laughs> yes. And so for some of us, okay. their very first book is not even published. It's in a drawer. <laughs> well, that's pretty, yeah, mine's locked on my computer at this stage. Um, no, it was it was very funny. I was watching um, the Vancouver Winter Olympics because I'm a bit of a Winter Olympics fan and watching the closing ceremony and I saw an Australian girl, an Australian athlete, walk into the stadium holding hands with an American boy. And I wondered, what's their story? Like, how did these two meet? And, like, with athletes who are in different sports, how do you even maintain a relationship? And so that got me started. I couldn't find out. I could not find out um, who they were or anything. So I basically... Okay. I, I, see <laughs> that we have, I see that we have a caller, and I want to welcome that caller to the show. Can you tell us your name? And if you have a question you'd like to ask, Carolyn? Hello, Sydney. Hi. Hello. Um, who's who's this? Hi, this is Annette O'Hare. Oh, welcome Hi. to the show, Annette. <laughs> I know Annette. <laughs> What's Hi, your Annette. question? Hello, it's so wonderful to, to meet you online. <laughs> and I promise Hi. I won't call you Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we can be friends. <laughs> Well, I, I've heard that um, it's kind of a, a silly question, but that in Australia, all the animals are, are trying to attack and kill you, and it's hard living there. Do you feel that way? <laughs> no, not all of the animals. Some of the animals are very nice and sweet, and they like to give you cuddles. <laughs> <laughs> it, you Those koalas are vicious, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> No, we have some we have some wild animals, but hey, we don't have anything like bears or cougars or things like that that you know really do eat you. <laughs> well, but, but you do have life. some insidious things in in the sea, in the waters, and and yeah. you know some different animals yeah. than we have. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we do have lots of um, really unusual sorts of animals, so. It is interesting. It, <laughs> um, we have lots of lovely birds. <laughs> the birds are trying to hurt you. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to throw you off of your. You're talking about your books. I, I hope to read your books. It sounds very interesting, and I love your covers. Oh, yes. thank you. I hope you do enjoy them. <laughs> and you know, if you ever come to Australia, I hope you you know enjoy your time there. <laughs> thank you so much. I'd love to one day. Yeah. Oh, thanks for thanks for calling in that, and I I I love that question. I thought it was funny, but <laughs> I love it. 
But um, for you to explain Regency Camp to us, we don't have that much time. And I read sure. on your website about Regency Kent, which is fascinating to mm-hmm. me, and that you mentioned um, Georgette Heyer was known for mastering this. And if you would just yeah. kind of go through an explanation of what it is and all that. Okay. So it's basically the slang that was um, used in the language of um, Regency times of 200 years ago or so. So just as there's words and phrases used, I guess, particularly by teenagers, um, these days that older generations may not really understand. So there was a lot of um, language that was used um, in those days, which can be a little bit of fun to try and understand from the context of the other, you know, words and phrases used. So, yeah, if you go and check out my website, you'll you'll see a few examples of that there. But, yeah, Georgette Hay is amazing. Um, she got a lot of letters and things like that, including letters from the Duke of Wellington and actually um, incorporated that into her work. So I was pretty inspired by that. Well, you know, I printed off um, a few of these and uh, are these, I I mean, I don't know if you've used all of these in your books, um, Uh but I thought it was funny. um, Like some of it, one of them is a bag of moonshine, which means a lot of nothing, right? Yeah, so just talking about nothing. <laughs> but it's not moonshine like here, you know, moonshine or no. corn squeezins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but That's it's really true. like the shine of the moon. So, um, and then uh, let's see, mutton headed or buffalo headed. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't that just the best? <laughs> or like, uh, like here we have cotton headed ninny muggins. Which Elf says. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, a green girl, inexperienced, a naive young woman. So, so some of I love this one, though. A diamond of the first water. That is just uh, evocative. It's beautiful. Isn't it, Jeff? Yeah. 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 It really is. <laughs> okay. So your other books, you, uh, I want to mm-hmm. talk about your other titles. You have The Regency Brides, A Legacy of Grace. And in that, yep. you have the elusive Miss Ellison, the captivating Lady Charlotte, the dishonorable Miss yep. Delancey, and then That's the Regency right. Brides, the Promise of Hope, uh, winning yep. Miss Winthrop, Miss Serena's Secret, and the making of Mrs. Hale. Was the yep. wh- Which one was the first book that you got published? The very first book um, that I even wrote as a Regency book was the elusive Miss Ellison. So that kick-started the whole series. So, I guess. Well, okay. I have to ask you this: Does it ever get old when the book arrives? When the box of books arrive? <laughs> no, and especially for me because it has to, you know, come all the way across the sea. And you go, oh my goodness, this was in America a little while ago, and now it's here in Australia. So, yeah, I guess they exciting. couldn't mail that media. <laughs> 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 Um, I guess that would cost a, quite a bit, but um, yeah. But it's it's nice, isn't it, when you get that box of books? If there's just something For wonderful sure. about it. Yes. 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 And uh, so, are you a plotter or a pantser when it comes to writing? I wish I was more of a plotter, but I really feel like I'm more of a pantser. I have like I'm trying to get better. Um, I usually have a bit of an end goal. Um, and I'll try and, you know, write down 
what I'm doing in most of my chapters. But yeah, it, it's <laughs> it tends to be a little bit. Let's see what happens. Sometimes I've had <laughs> stories that basically just appear in my head like a dream or something, and it's like, oh, I can easily write this down. And other times, I have to just force my backside to stay in that stay in that seat until something appears. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I kind of do both. I've, I've come to the conclusion that um, maybe the third chapter in, I kind of discover where I'm going. But in the beginning, yeah. I just let the characters take me. So that's probably what you do, kind of let your characters yeah. take you on the journey. And then you have these moments of gold, don't you, where it's just like, oh, my goodness, it's just coming together and I, it's just pouring out. And other times when it's like not pouring out at all. <laughs> Um, that question that got me. Well, um, if you're stuck, if you're stuck, because, yep. um, you know, we're not allowed to get writer's block. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's just silly to me. I don't know why. But um, I think sometimes you just need a change of scenery or something. Does that work for you or do yes. you just sit there? Yes. No, no, I do try. Um, I might go for a walk or something like that. Sometimes a bit of fresh air really helps. Um, sometimes I might try and work on something else, like edit something else just to get my head into a different space and then come back and you can sort of see it with fresh eyes and get started again. But yeah, I like to try and write my first draft and just focus on that and not be distracted by other things, but that doesn't always happen. Um, kind of tempted to fix things as you go, or do you write the first draft and then go back and rewrite, uh, like revise? Maybe I'm just a little bit too whatever, but even if I make spelling mistakes in my first draft, I like to try and fix them. And it's just like, oh, I, I know I should just, you know, get it out and then it's sort of done. But sometimes fixing and looking at things again means that I can kind of go forward more. It just really depends on the day. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like that too. I have to fix those things before I can move on. It's like a crooked painting on the wall. I can't, yes. I can't take it. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> so what advice would you give to writers who are just starting out? Uh, I, I would say, get the first draft done because you can you can be filled with so much like be challenged with so much advice um that you never do anything um I think also going to conferences is a really good um use of time and money um uh, and you just get connections and you get the chance to learn from people who are where perhaps you want to be and that can really encourage and motivate um, and inspire you. So I think that's really important. But I think the, the main thing is get that first draft done because a lot of people say they want to be a writer and then don't ever finish a manuscript. And then once you finish that first one, write another one because as you go, you can spend a lot of time tweaking one manuscript. Um, but I think there's a lot to be said for learning to just plain do the writing um, and I think that's why I was able to publish a lot of books in a short amount of time because I had books up my sleeve because I just kept writing. So I think that's really helpful for people. It doesn't mean you know everything. And, of course, I'm <laughs> still learning things. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a process, isn't it? And, you know, we all yeah. hope to get better. 
Where do your your ideas come from? I, I saw that you did go to visit uh, England, uh, yes. and I'm sure you got inspired by that. But tell us about where you get your ideas from. All sorts of places. So for my latest book, um, we were on the way, my family and I were on the way to church, and for some reason, the um, tongue twister, she sells seashells by the seashore. Have you heard of that tongue <laughs> You have twister? to say that faster. <laughs> you have to say that much, <laughs> much faster. <I> know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it either. <laughs> so we were... We were on the way to church and I was just wondering where did that expression come from? And so I Googled it and it's supposed to be based on um, a lady called Mary Anning who was a poor, um, a poor woman who lived in the early 1800s in um, Lyme Regis in England. Lyme Regis is where part of Persuasion is set for Jane Austen fans. Um, and she was, she was, basically England's first fossil hunter. And so this tongue twister was based on this poor woman who basically discovered um, the first lot of what we now call ichthyosaurs, but they're like a dinosaur version of a dolphin. Um, so oh. I thought, wow, well, interesting. This is the right time for yeah. I want to write a story about a male, you know, because female fossil hunters were really rare but a male fossil hunter who believes in God because that would provide some really interesting challenges in terms of his faith and all of the rest of it and see where we go with that. So that was, you know, the genesis of this particular story. So um, I get my ideas from everywhere. <laughs> well, that was that was cool. So I'm guessing that's the male fossil hunter in A Hero yep. from His Hatherley. Okay, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. That's a great yeah. story. I love that. Well, what was the rest of your trip like? I mean, I know you had to get inspiration from other places. I mean, you always do when Uh, you visit. Oh, for sure. Well, that was my first and currently only time to England. My sister was living in London at the time. um, So that was perfect. I got to visit her. But it meant that I got to visit lots of places that I've used in my stories. So um, I went to Brighton um, and saw, um, you know, was able to set a story um, the dishonourable Miss Delancey there and used the Brighton Pavilion, which the Prince Regent built, um, and used that as a particular story setting. That was fantastic. Went to Bath, which is where one of my books called Winning Miss Winthrop is set, and that kind of have a, has a persuasion feel. Went to Derbyshire, which is where the next one, Miss Serena's Secret, was set. Um, and the third one in this current series, which is set... Um, in Scotland, I was also able to visit Scotland as well. So, yeah, I got around on that trip. I had to make the most of it because going to England from Australia, it's virtually a day's worth of flying that you have to do. So you got to make the most of it. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, you like, Of course, you have to go back, right? Now, would you yeah. like to? <laughs> oh, no. It's just a matter of convincing my husband of the need. So, you know, everybody please pray. (laughs) (laughs) Where would you like to go next? Oh, everywhere I went was just, it was virtually a whistle stop tour. So, you know, you're there, take a look, and then you move on. So it'd be great to spend some more time in some of the places I've already visited, but also to visit places like um, Yorkshire. I didn't go there. Um, I'd love to go to Cornwall. 
Um, I'd like to see some more of Ireland as well. Um, we spent a long weekend there, but three days isn't really enough to truly <laughs> appreciate all that right. Ireland has to offer. So To get yeah, the immersion. Yes, yes. What would you never write? Would you never feel the urge to write? What genre? Mm-hmm. Is there a genre that you would refuse to write in. I mean, not, we're not talking about, we're talking about within the Christian scope. (laughs) I don't think any of the sort of fantasy type, futuristic type thing, that doesn't really hold much appeal. But I do have contemporary stories. I've even written a romantic suspense story that, um, that was fun. So I've enjoyed those sorts of things, but I like it kind of grounded in reality, not really, you know, I mean, <laughs> some would say that my Regency romances are not really grounded in reality. <laughs> but, you know, well, there are elements. <laughs> wouldn't you agree that there are elements of other genres within um, just about any? Because there are elements of mystery, right. there are elements of romance, yeah. you know, even in not a yeah. true mystery, mystery or romance, but elements, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I tried to add a bit of a gothic feel to my second story just to give it a bit of a point of difference to the first one. Um, and that was a lot of fun, you know, having the, the big old abbey with its secret passages and things like that. That was that was lots of fun to do. But, yeah, there's certain things I wouldn't really want to go, but, you know, other things it's like, yeah, it can be a fun little challenge, can't it, to add that into your storyline. Adding the gothic feel, did you um... – did you add a touch of madness or uh, besides the mystery and the, the Abbey with its secrets? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's always fun, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. And then you've got, you know, yes, all sorts of things. It was lots of fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I just love that. And I've had such a wonderful time uh, talking with you. And as always, our, our time is, just about up. Do you, um, I just wanted to ask, do you do any speaking or, um, or podcasts besides this, of course, or um, any type of other shows where, where people can find you? I mean, I know they can find you all over social media. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, teach no, any I courses? No, I don't at this stage. Um, maybe one day down the track. And if so, you can find out, by following me on these various social media sites and at my Definitely. website as well. <laughs> and remember, it's carolynmiller.com, not Caroline. <laughs> so, and she has a great website. You really do oh, have you. a wonderful website. I love it. I just love it. And, oh. you, and there are a lot of um, wonderful endorsements from writers that – they would definitely respect. I mean, just fantastic writers like Kara Putman and can you name some Carrie oh, Taransky? Oh, and Kathy Taransky and uh, Rosanna White and Michelle Greep. Do we say Greep? Um, I think so. Yes, yeah, we we will. So <laughs> yeah, so lots of lots of lovely people who have been very kind to this little Aussie. So I've really appreciated um, their time. After, you may not have thought ahead you know, past this series, but do you have another yeah. series idea planned? 
I do actually. Um, I'm hoping to um, look at something called the wallflowers and look at girls who perhaps were not so beautiful or rich or titled or anything like that. People who were perhaps a little bit more, you know, uh, relatable, um, at least for me. <laughs> and, oh, that's um, and great. Yeah, so I thought that could be really fun and you know, women who are older, so not just the 17 or 18-year-olds, but people who were considered to be on the shelf and what what that would have been like because I think that adds an element of grit that makes the stories a little bit more, you know, um, Like when you were 26. Mm, yeah, well, back in those days, <laughs> if you weren't married by 20, 22, then there's definitely something wrong with you, so... You know. <laughs> well, Carolyn, it's it's been uh, wonderful having you. We are out of time. Thank you so much for visiting with us today. You've been a delight, and I'm sure our Thank listeners so are chomping up a bit <laughs> to to go and get your new book. I guess that's um, it's not there, not a proper Regency cant to say chomping up a bit, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> tune in next week, and I will be chatting with author Janice Thompson. And thank you so much again, Carolyn. Good day. And God bless. And thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.